Welcome to Singling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. What's mortifying the deeds of the flesh? How important is it? Do we have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the molest, or does Jesus accept us just the way we are and does not expect us to grow up in Him in all things, in all truths? We know that there's many false prophets that's entered into the world. John tells us that in his epistle. In uh, 1 John 4, he states, Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God, because many false prophets are entered into the world. They're bringing seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. One of the things that is important to the body of Christ is that we put on the new man, the Christ in you, the hope of glory. And those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. It is impossible to make the kingdom of heaven without growing up into Jesus and all things and all truth and the present truth. And we have to walk in the light as he's in the light in order to have fellowship one with another, which is the blood flow through the body of Christ, which is a life-giving flow of Jesus in the lifeblood, in the truth, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. And then and only then does the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin. Now, we see that we are admonished in Paul, Peter, John, all of the epistles, telling us that we must mortify the deeds of the flesh. And if we walk after the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Take a look at Romans 8, and I'll just quote some of the scriptures here. Or who's going to make heaven and who's not. Now, the world says everybody's going to heaven. And the world does not hear us and hear the truth because they are of the world. And anyone that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that's in the world and of the world, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. And the world passed away along with the lust thereof. But whosoever does the will of God, you must do it. Must do the will of God, and those works is that the works that accompany salvation is what Jesus is looking for. You'll see that in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, and that is, I know thy works. He speaks that to every church Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I know thy works. He's looking for perfect works to the measure of the stature of himself, walking in the light as he's in the light. Look at Romans 8. Now we know we have a mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, he is that spirit now. He's made a quickening spirit. You see that in Romans 8, 27, quoting the word of God. And it says there, verse 26 and 27, likewise the spirit, that's a capital S, God is spirit. That's Jesus. Also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. And there is the mediator, the Spirit. Not some glorified man standing at the right hand of God. That's a place that he has prepared for us. Jesus is set down with the Father in his throne, not beside it. In it, Revelation 3.21. That's the true doctrine of Christ, that Christ is that Spirit. And Christ is now in you. And he makes intercession. The Spirit itself, the Holy Ghost, Christ, maketh intercession for us. He's our intercessor. 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth not what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession. He maketh intercession for who? For us, the saints, according to the will of God. What if we don't do the will of God? Well, we know the end of that is not a very good place to be. Hearing the frightful words of our Lord, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you, because you did not do the will of God. And he said, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. They were born again, but they didn't follow on to know the Lord, going up in him and all things and all truth. They're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. There we find that in Romans 8 also, he says that if Christ be in you, the Spirit, the man Christ Jesus, now that has been glorified with the Spirit itself, and the Son of God is now coming to us and give us an understanding of him that is true, and we're in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. It is uh, the quickening Spirit that the man Christ Jesus has now been made a quickening spirit. There is your one God. That's the Christ. That's the revelation of Christ. And you'll see that then 1 Corinthians 15, 45. You'll see it again in Acts 2, 36. That all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus whom you crucified, the man. Somebody said, well, that man's still at the right hand of God. No, take a look at it. Acts 2.36, that same Jesus whom you crucified, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made him, that man, Christ Jesus, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that's within you. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of what? Righteousness. Now, the babies that do not grow up into Jesus in all things are unskillful in this word of righteousness. Righteousness has to be obeyed through obedience to obtain righteousness. We see that in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him, but the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, that's living unto the flesh, or mortifying the deeds of the flesh, and in obedience unto righteousness unto holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And that's doing the will of God and proving that will of God, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We must find the will of God in each individual's life and do it because the Lord states that he has dealt to every man the measure of faith, whatever he's called you to do, not to warm a pew, but an active member in the body of Christ. How can you become active? You go to church, in other words, to be exhorted and to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus through faith, hearing of the word of God, but it is through this church meetings in the local church body that is the heavenly Jerusalem, the mother of us all. We grow up in him in all things, and we exhort one another. We, there, in the body of Christ, through edifying each other, through the members in particular, 
In other words, we are to provoke each other unto love, unto good works, and loving the brethren more than ourselves. It's an edifying of the body of the Christ in love, whichever joint supplies the joining of one member to another. And God fitly frames it together and compacts it, steals it, according to his purpose, according to the measure of each part, the measure of faith. So the eye can't say the hand, I have no need of you. The hand can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. Because God has placed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts, there'd be no chism or division in the body. God is placed in the body as it has pleased him. Not just a warm a few. It's an active, dynamic move of the Holy Ghost in perpetuating the name of Jesus in life. And it's manifest in the world through this evilness. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. Gross darkness upon the people. But you, the body of Christ, each individual member, are a light of the Lord. A light that's set upon that candlestick, upon a hill that cannot be hid. It's our chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That is that our lights should shine. There is where the body of Christ edifies one another. And through that, we receive strength from each member in particular. That's the reason that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's a local body, the church. As a matter of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need each other. The body of Christ will have to come together in the last days. And I'm not talking about just a local assembly. I'm talking about worldwide, globally. As the evil men and seducers and the merchants of this world are made rich through the abundance of the false church, the Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and made all nations drunk with the wine of her fornication, so the body of Christ will have a standard lifted up and will reveal Jesus in and through them greater light than anyone has ever seen previously in the world. That's the present truth of the Word of God. And people will come to the light, and there whatever's light doth reprove darkness. And But if they, don't, if they do not come to the lights, because their deeds are evil, they don't want to be turned there unto holiness. They'd rather suffer pleasures of sin for a season rather than to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. They're pleasures of sin for a season, that's true. But the sufferings of the Lord, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. So the choice is ours. Do we, do we elect to suffer, choose to suffer with him, in order to have eternal life and live forever as kings and priests to the Lord our God? Or do we rather have pleasures of sin for a season, which for a measly 70 years, three score and 10, that we're judged forever, living to ourselves, our own pleasures, and saying that we have lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded, truce breakers, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, that's what we're seeing in this day in this lukewarm church. They serve God vainly, half-heartedly. That means they, drew, they draw close to the Lord with their mouth. Everyone says they love Jesus. Everyone says they're going to heaven. But yet, in works they deny him. 
Jesus said, why don't you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you. What things? Well, let's talk about some of these things. We find in Romans 8 that he tells us that this spirit that's in us, that we have to obey it. And he says uh, in Romans 8, verse 13, for if you live after the flesh, what most of the prosperity churches tell you and the denominational Pentecostal belief or fundamentalism for that matter, is that you can live to the flesh and Jesus will accept you because you've said the sinner's prayer or you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, whatever the case is. Well, he says, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. That's Romans 8, 13. Now, I thought we were accepted the way we are and, and we feel good about ourselves. We don't have to crucify ourselves with affections and the lust. And Jesus stated that to the to anyone that comes to him. He said, if any man will come to me, will come after me, live for me. Let him first deny himself. What? Your self-will. And then do the conquest of life, and that is to find the will of God and do it. For it's God that worketh in you, so you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God in you that's working in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, his will, his purpose. That's the only peace there is upon this earth. That's the reason so many suicides are so high, and especially in the younger people, the younger folks. Well, it's fatalism. They see what's around them, the spirits of the world, and that what's the use, and they commit suicide. These thoughts come in their mind. And if there is no God, then why live and why put up with the world down here? Well, God does and is the life-giving force for all the will of God to be done. There's no other peace except in that. This is a peace of God that passeth all understanding, not as the world gives, but as the Lord Jesus gives. So he says, if you live after the flesh, your fleshly desires, you go to church, you get uh, so-called saved by asking Jesus to come into your heart or say the sinner's prayer, and then you go for money. And those that will be rich fall into diverse temptations and many hurtful lusts. But we're told that's okay. God's going to bless you. He's going to give you lots of money. And you think that this serving man or mammon or money, that is pleasing to God. But you cannot serve God in money. You'll hold the one and hate the other or love the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. But yet, the prosperity church world says you can. And that's a lie. So they're propagating a lie. And many love it because they say, well, you give God a dollar, he's going to give you 10 back. That's a pretty good investment. You can't get that. And then you stock market mutual funds or uh, stocks, bonds, and uh, uh, your commodity market. And we're seeing the markets falling now. Because God is going to be lifted up. The world's coming down. Jesus is coming up. And he's coming up through judgments. And it's going to be evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. But the good news is that God will lift up a standard against them in the true light and glory of the word. He's doing it now for those that have an ear to hear. For he said as many as are led by the spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. These are the sons of God. But if you through the Spirit 
and you do the leading of the Holy Ghost and through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh of the body, you shall live. That fleshly desires, that propensity to sin is in every member of the flesh. The flesh is enmity with the Spirit of God and the Spirit is enmity with the flesh. The choice is ours. It's whether or not, as uh, Moses, that he did not desire the pleasures of sin for a season, even though he was in line to rule all Egypt. Yet he chose rather to suffer with the people of God, having respect to the recompense of the reward. I mean, let's take a look at it. You've got 70 years down here. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And you have this 70 years to come in and be pleasing to the Lord your God and simply do his will. Crucify the flesh with the effects and the lust to do his will. And for that, for this suffering, for this short time, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Well, a good businessman would simply to be, if you're talking about 70 years versus eternity, we're not talking about a person goes to hell and he's there for a thousand years, 10,000 years, even a hundred thousand years. Sooner or later, there would be an end to it. But there is no end. Everything that God does is forever. Forever and ever where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched in eternal judgment. But the gift of life of God, the gift of God is eternal life. And he says, I, you, I put before you Gerizim and Ebal, blessings and cursing. When the children of Israel went over Jordan River and the two mountains there, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. And the, but Ebal was cursings. And you see all these curses in Deuteronomy 28. My, the curses of this Bible are many, many. And who would want to suffer the eternal vengeance of God forever? For the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And it states there in the revelation of Jesus Christ that you must come to that revelation. It's the last book in the Word of God. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's the Feast of Engathering. It's the Feast of All Feasts. It's the Feast of Sevens. The Feast of Perfection. For the body of Christ is perfected. That they, God has provided some better thing for us, that they, those that died in the faith, having never received the promise without us, the ones that come into perfection, will not be made perfect. And now this end of the world has come upon the church of the living God. We, as uh, we preached a Messiah tribal church there in Transmira, Kenya, Africa, over three years ago, January the 19th, 2019, that the Lord visited me saying, seal my people by my word. I have said that, stated that over and over. I've only had three visitations from the Lord in some 50 years in ministry. And it was a very profound, uh, uh, deep uh, visitation uh, to the, port, the, the point it shook my very bones. And he said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, Having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Now that's profound, and that means that we in the body of Christ that know him, the true Christ, 
and the height, depth, length, and width of Jesus, that he is the Christ, he is the Father of glory, he is the Word, he is the Holy Ghost, that the end of the world has come upon us, and now these evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, going, going for a global economy, and the merchant men of the world will, will be made rich by the abundance of her delicacies and all these things that thy soul lusted after in the world. Now, the book of the Revelation is coming to pass now, right here up on us in this present time in 2022. Now, what do we do? Let's take a look at what the Lord expects of us there that you don't find hardly preached anymore. And that is that there's a heaven again and a hell to shine. Now, let's take a look. He said, if there, for we have not received the spirit of bondage. Again, to fear. We don't fear anything in this world. We don't fear any man. We fear God. We are not to fear him that hath power to kill the body, but fear him that hath power to kill the body and destroy the soul in hell forever. But you have received the spirit of adoption. We're not God, but we have been adopted sons and daughters of God. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. Very close relationship. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, our human spirit, our conscience bearing us witness in the Holy Ghost, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, watch it now, and heirs of God, join heirs, equal heirs with Christ, if so be what? That we suffer with him. Why are you suffering? To destroy and mortify the deeds of the flesh. For we which live are always delivered unto death. Why? That the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death. That's the cross that each one of us carry. Individually, yes. Not the cross that Jesus did, of course. But our individual crosses, our individual sufferings, uh, not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him, thinking not strange, the fiery trial which is to try us, as so as though some strange thing happened to each one of us. There, what? That this sufferings, that we going through these trials, these manifold temptations, though our faith be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold to the glory of God. So think it not strange the fiery trial which is try us, as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice inasmuch as we are partakers of what, money? No, we're protectors of Christ's sufferings. That's how you know that you're crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust and pleasing your Lord. Not through finances and, and money in the bank, through this prosperity lying gospel, but the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, in Africa and in India, they have received that word that we've been bringing to them since 2012. In America, we're still looking for the money. Where's the money? Show me the money. Follow the money. The preachers that follow the money, they bless their own TV, drive, driving around in Rolls Royce cars and uh, jet airplanes, and it's needful for them and their important VIP uh, to God. Very important people. Very important preachers, VIP. Very important preachers for the Lord Jesus Christ, as though they need to have all of this. While the true believers... Some are living in caves. We see that in Hebrews 11. 
We see them that they dwelt in caves. They wore sheep's clothing and goat's clothing, of whom the world was not worthy. They received, the women received their dead back to life again. Some of them did not accept deliverance. God delivered them, sent deliverance to them, and they didn't accept it. Said my brother died, wrought for themselves, making for themselves a better resurrection. What? Well, you can't get better than that. Because precious inside the Lord's the death of his saints, you're crucifying the flesh to the final what? Being a mortar for Jesus, a witness for Jesus, sealing your testimony with your own blood. Now, no one likes to hear that. I understand that. Because the flesh is goes, I want to live. But what about living for God, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust? Living a crucified life, that's where it's at. That's where the peace is at. That's where the glory is at. Because you cannot experience the glory of God without crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. Let's take a look at what Paul states there to the church at Galatia. Oh, they were fooled and bewitched, and Paul said it. I uh, there wish that he that's done this thing to you would even cut off. That has bewitched you. He has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. He goes on, and he says, we are to bear one another's burdens. And he tells us there in Galatians 5. Now we know the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. That's very simple. But you don't hear what we have to do through the Spirit of God in mortifying the deeds of the flesh. What is that? Well, let's take a look. It says that in Galatians 5 and verse 16, Paul's talking to the church at Galatia. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says that over and over again. He says it again in uh, Romans 7, Romans 8, 1. And those that walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, what does that mean? For the flesh tells us what's happening here. All that that flesh wants. All the propensity, wanting the world and all the, the benefits and the opportunities there that affords the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. That's a capital S against God. And the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another. And it says, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Hmm. Watch it here. Verse 18, this is Galatians 5, 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. There's a but there. Be led of the Spirit, you have to walk in the Spirit. You have to be doing the will of God. And that will always be crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust and delivered unto death that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest through you. All not only believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. You don't hear that preached. The only way to cease from sin, 1 Peter 4, 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us, where? In the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God. God himself, the Father of glory, manifest in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, showed us the way, the truth, and life, crucifying the flesh with the effects of the lust, making the captain of our salvation perfect through what? Through sufferings, ultimately dying on the cross. 
learned obedience. Jesus, our Lord Christ Almighty God, learned obedience through the things which he suffered. So do we. And it states that in 1 Peter 4, 1. For as much as Christ has suffered for in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded. That's the mind of Christ, yes. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Well, but we don't get that anymore. That's called sanctification. That's not preached anymore. It's not a popular message, and certainly not for money. Well, the ones that do know their God will be strong and do exploits in the true glory of God and the power of God because they've crucified the flesh, making themselves vessels unto honor, meat for the master's use. And it says, the works of the flesh are these. What are they? Well, let's see. Paul enumerates them one after another. <clears throat> Galatians 5, 19. The works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. You can't just walk around and having unlawful sex and fornication and be right with God. That God will approve of that. So, the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness. And I'm talking about clean through the spirit, through obedience, lasciviousness. Well, what's that? It's turning the truth of God into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God. It's unlawful affections. Idolatry. Well, idolatry is you're serving more than one God. You've got a three-person God. That's idolatry. Witchcraft. What's witchcraft? Disobedience is the sin of witchcraft. What's witchcraft? You have to go to a coven, a satanic coven, and uh, practice, you know, uh, black magic, white magic? No. Just be disobedient to the leading of the Spirit of God, and that's the sin of witchcraft. Hatred. Do you have hatred there in your heart? And certainly against the body of Christ. Now, many will come in, and there will be a Judas Iscariot to the body, just as it did in the days of Jesus. And they will think to overthrow different ministries. There will always be, in a true Jesus ministry, there will be some that will try to overthrow that work of the ministry. And when it does, thank God for it, when they rail upon you and say all manner of evil things against you for the gospel's sake. These are workers of deceit, abominable. These are men that were foreordained to this uh, judgment of God, foreordained uh, to this condemnation. We see that also uh, in, in the uh, uh, Jude when he talks about in his epistle that we're to earnestly contend for the faith that once delivered to the saints because there are these men that have crept in unawares that were foreordained to this condemnation. Unholy men turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness, unto money, unto things of this world. Crafty, very subtle. And they have overthrown the faith of some that have believed that. That if you don't have money, that God's not blessing you. Now, if you're going without, and you're living in a cave, and you don't have an Armani suit, but you're sheepskin and goatskins, and somebody's having to sew your shirt for you or your dress for you, 
that you're just not blessed of God when the world's not worthy of you, that God is very pleased with you. Well, do you simply because you have money that enriches do, or you are making condemn? No, as long as you're rich towards toward God and not rich towards self, you're okay. But he that's rich towards self and not rich toward God, that will be destroyed. Jesus said so. Well, that is hatred, variance. Variance with each other is always calling black, white, white, black, and uh, this woke going through the country today and through the various nations. It's all a bunch of propaganda against the Lord Jesus Christ, against the gospel of the Lord. Emulations, you want to emulate the world. They want to look like the world and be helped. And wrath, strife. Many would rather strive and look for a way to show dissension and hatred among the body of Christ rather than to live in peace and harmony. Seditions, heresies. Heresies are denominations. Like we're the ones going, nobody else is. When we, we simply set up that denomination as the God after the, what, commandments of men and not after God, touch not, takes not, handle not, handle not, which is the doctrine of men. And each one will have a certain thing that they will say, this is the what we demand to do if you're in our denomination. And when you do that, then you're going to have a problem because it does show a so, show wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, but it's not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It's doctrines of men. And it's already very deceitful and subtle. And envyings, envying one another, murders. Well, we didn't kill somebody. We ultimately, they will be killing physically in the flesh because they have not known the Father nor me. You say that in John 16. But murdering someone and giving a false witness against them and lying against the ministers. We've seen it in our ministry. Those that were fed and worked in the ministry for some years and to turn back and do everything they can to destroy it. Why? Because of envy, strife, and hate, malice. Uh, there, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Are these going to make heaven? Well, let's see what Paul said. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's very simple. There's the bottom line. And it tells you what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. He talks about gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no local law, Galatians 5.22. He says it again, over and over. We're going to see in Ephesians 5. He said, there, children, followers of God, walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet swelling sweet smelling savor now watch the next one but fornication and all uncleanness covetousness coveting something which is the sin of idolatry let it not be once named among you as become as saints is that all no neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting joking jesus never cracked a joke 
He meant what he said and said what he meant, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. For know this, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, look at the list, he goes on, nor covetous man, you're coveting houses, lands, cars, planes, whatever the case is, who is an idolater. That's idolatry. Hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Children, but children of disobedience. Be therefore not partakers with them. And he goes on and says, Awake thou that sleepest, and walk in that light. Whenever it says in Colossians, here again, it talks about in Colossians 3. He said, uh, there you are dead. Your life is hid with Christ and God. Thank God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Take a look. Here's that mortifying the deeds of the flesh again. You can't make heaven without sanctification, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, both spirit, soul, and body. Take a look at there, Colossians 3 and verse 5. Mortify, Paul talking again, therefore your members, which are upon the earth. They're not a heavenly conversation. This is earthly. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things... Say, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. You have to put off all these. It's called sanctification. To do the will of God, we have to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. But you don't hear that preached anymore. Why? Because it's a prosperity gospel. Jesus takes you as you are. Everybody's going to heaven. Many different paths when they're really in truth only one way, one truth and one life. And that requires us to do the will of God individually for each individual perspective believer that will do the will of God and inherit eternal life. It's predicated upon us doing the will of God. We have to do it. We have to seek the will of God through the word of God, seeking the will of God through the word. You're sanctified through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. The only way to find the will of God is through the word of God. That you seek God, search the scriptures. You have to search them diligently from Genesis to Revelation, but more uh, in perspective, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John through the book of the Revelation, the New Testament, wherein is given to us these exceedingly great and precious promises that we will be made partakers of his divine nature, holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Well, then they tell you any way go, as long as you've said the sinner's prayer, you've got heaven made. That is a gross lie. It is emphatically an, un, it's a gross lie. It's a total misrepresentation. And they double down on it and say, well, listen, uh, God loves you and he's love. He's not going to send anybody to hell. Well, he's not going to send anybody to hell because we send ourselves. 
when Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for you did not do the will of God. Well, well, he's not departing from us. We have to depart from him. We, though those wicked, are convinced of all their ungodly deeds, which they've ungodly committed. And they literally depart from the Lord because they cannot enter in. I didn't send them there. They did of their own selves, uh, preferring the things of the world rather than the things of God. And this is where the world states today that the merchant men, they love the abundance of her delicacies, mammon, money, all that the soul lusts after, and they're saying, Jesus has given it to us, which is a lie. You want the Lord? Crucify the flesh with the effects of the lust. Find the will of God. You're no longer called to believe on him, but to suffer with him. And if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. It's this, that simple. And he talks about that perfect, perfect, that sanctification in you, that we all may be presented at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Well, that is the truth that many do not want to hear. And the present truth is flowing now in the preceding word of God from the throne room revelation as we see in the book of the Revelation. It is now upon us, and it's incumbent upon us to obey under righteousness, under holiness. Those that feel the calling of God and you want uh, to join with us and uh, take Africa, India, as it's opened doors now for over a 1,000 ministers in Africa alone, then we need your help, and we need you to Join with us in ministry, the body of Christ coming together. There, you can do that by simply contacting me and us meeting. We'd love to meet you personally and work together in the work of the ministry for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Call me, country code plus one, 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get back to you. You in Africa and India, I have your messages some of you in Pakistan, uh, Nepal, Australia, New Zealand, there we're getting back to you. And there we need to hear from you in America. There God is expecting us and requires us to go on to perfection, to do the will of God and perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Both spirit, soul, and body that we can all be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord. That's incumbent upon us to do his will. And that's the only way to do it is to search the scriptures and then we think we have eternal life and these are they testify of Jesus, none other. And he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Not that you can do anything you want to do and God takes you as you are. No, you have to sacrifice yourself upon the altar of God to do his will. Not your will, sacrifice your will to do the will of God. It's not that hard. It's very easy. And it's the only peace of God you'll ever have. The peace that passes all understanding, knowing that you've done the will of God. There's nothing like it. The peace of God resteth upon you. And by presenting your bodies at flesh, crucify that flesh, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. You have to mortify these other deeds that we've talked about here today in this podcast. And when you do, You'll purge your conscience from dead work to serve the living God through obedience. You're buried with Jesus in baptism, 
No, body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed by that water baptism, but then it requires us to crucify that flesh with the affections of the lust. We're still in the flesh. We haven't been glorified yet. Our vile body's fashioned like in his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things to himself. That is still future. The whole creation moaneth and groaneth in pain to be delivered unto the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our bodies. That's still future. What are we doing now? Well, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, mortify the deeds of the flesh, crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust, do the will of God, and be not conformed to this world. Crucify that affections of the lust. And not conform to this world, but be you transformed, a transformation of Christ in you by the renewing of your mind. And that's the only way that you can prove that perfect and perfect will of God, which is for each of us. God having dealt to every member the measure of faith. Same spirit, how be it, many different callings and purposes that God is working according to his own will, his own purpose, as he has called us in these different functions of the body of Christ. Different ministrations, different ministries, but all for his glory, for this one body that he will fitly frame together, compact it through the measure of every part. Whichever joint supplies to their fighting with self and love, growing up into Jesus in all things and all truth. So that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine in these last days with these seduce, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's upon us. The burden's on us. Any man says the burden of the Lord will be cut off. The burden is on each individual member in the body of Christ that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each of us is. And that's only through sanctification, through the word of God. And when we do, then we'll be pleasing to the Lord and meet for the work of the ministry that he's doing in these last days. Join me as we take this word to all nations. God's doing it now. And we are simply servants of the Lord God, not for any of our righteousness or any of our holiness, but for his name's sake, he's called us to do this. Join with me. You that are called in the one God, and you know that Christ's revelation in the doctrine of Christ, and you're abiding in it, then call me. Let's get together. Let's work together. Again, call me, plus one, nine zero three seven four six four eight eight five. You can there download our free app on our daily podcast, Sealing God's People. Also, you can join me on a private website, jcic.tv, where you register and get your username and password. You can ask questions and give your comments. You can also email me, sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. And I'll return your email and set up a meeting there where we can get together. The nations are calling. We need to work together. God is calling us to work as one body. This is not a denomination. Somebody said, what denomination are you in, Brother Beard? None. We are, they say, independent? No. We're servants to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not independent doing our own will. We're doing the will of God according to his leading in the Holy Ghost. And that is 
or college. Somebody said, what church do you belong to? The church and assembly, the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Doing the will of God and carrying this word to the nations. And we need you to join us. You're a minister of the gospel? Join me. You get your helps and governments and you want to, to assist with your prayer and financial support? Do so. Don't procrastinate. God will bless you. And there, it's for his great name's sake that we're doing it. So it's not for any of our righteousness or any of our holiness, but for his name's sake, we're simply a shoe shine boy. We prop the rag, shine your shoes for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. There, you can also write to me, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can drop me a message over our websites, DennisBeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, or SealingGodsPeople.com. Well, God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at His coming, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.